It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 chance. Edmonton Oil Kings forward Jake Neighbors has been named Team Canada for the upcoming Halinka Gretzky Cup. That's in the Czech Republic and Slovakia from August 5th to 10th. This tournament was in Edmonton last year. It'll be here again next year. So congratulations to Jake Neighbors. Good opportunity for him. Minnesota Wild fire General Manager Paul Fenton, Chris Kunitz uh, retiring today. Uh, Ryan Callahan from Tampa Bay to Ottawa. He's uh, on long-term injured reserve with that career-ending injury. Mike Condon goes the other way to the Lightning. And a new full-time president, first full-time president of the Canadian Hockey League. It is longtime NBA Canada executive Dan McKenzie. OHL Commissioner David Branch had also been serving as CHL president since 1996. C.J. Gable expected to return to the Eskimos backfield this Saturday in Calgary. That one on 6.30, Chad. 3.30 for the countdown to kickoff, and the game will be at 5 o'clock. The Edmonton Stingers will host Fraser Valley on Thursday at the Expo Center, 7 o'clock. Stingers have won eight in a row. They're 12-4 and four on the season. I mentioned FC Edmonton, uh, home to Halifax tomorrow. We'll have Jeff Paulus, FC Edmonton coach, on the show a little bit later on. Edmonton and prospects in Fort McMurray tonight. That game just getting underway. Hey, the 1932 by Bateman Open, Thursday to Sunday at the Edmonton Country Club. This is the McKenzie Tour stop in Edmonton. It was uh, called the Oil Country Championship for the last two years. Now, you may remember uh, last year that it was won by Tyler McCumber, and Tyler wound up being the best player on the McKenzie Tour last year. He's now on the Web.com Tour, and he's 21st on the Web.com, and the top 25 get their PGA Tour cards for next season. So a really strong last 18 to 24 months for Tyler McCumber. I would say one of the biggest differences over the last year, um, well, the, the two years ago now, um, you know, being being just a good mindset, um, I had played a lot of golf, uh, obviously in my life, but, um, you know, it never quite put the, um, put the effort in to doing it with the right mindset. And obviously you're seeing some examples in, in, in every sport through, through the board, but especially golf right now where, where people are approaching it with a, with just a, a, a fearless dedication in their preparation, um, you know, and, and just this, this fearless golf, playing really aggressive, not second-guessing. Um, you know, for me, it was sort of a mentality of, of commitment, and I feel like that was sort of my, my biggest thing, commitment to doing it a certain way, regardless of failure or, or um, you know, the results, uh, failing or succeeding. And for me, that, that really flipped, um, flipped a switch. At the beginning of the season, I committed. I said, I'm going to play a certain way. 
regardless of the results. And, you know, and, and obviously that's the way to go in any sport um, is to commit to a process and, and take whatever it gives you. Well, that process working for Tyler McCumber. So he wins in Edmonton last year, now close to getting his PGA Tour card. Who will be the champion this weekend? To preview the tournament and tell you what's going on, please welcome to the show the tournament director for the 1932 by Bateman Omen Open, Darcy Ennick. Darcy, thanks for checking in tonight. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks, Reed. It is great to talk to you. Uh, this is uh, exciting because there's a lot going on. And, uh, Darcy, I've, I've obviously been giving the, the dates of the tournament as, as Thursday to Sunday of this week, which is when the pros are out there competing. But I should give you the opportunity to, to fill me and everybody in because, really, things have already started. So what's been going on? Yeah, absolutely. We had, um, we had a great kickoff on Sunday. Uh, we had the ATB financial golf clinics at the Victoria driving range, and we had 150 kids that came out for that. Uh, there was seven McKenzie Tour pros that were out giving them, you know, just some some nuggets to either get them started on the right path, or maybe if they've been uh, a little experienced, you know, to uh, to give them a little tip to make them better. So the kids came off that just thrilled. Um, we, we rolled into our sponsor proams. Obviously, we've got tremendous corporate support with 1932 by Bateman and ATB Financial, Lexus, and just so many other amazing partners. Uh, so they get the opportunity to actually play the course like the pros are going to play it. So they've had uh, awesome Pro-Am days. Um, so it's just been, it's been incredible. And uh, we had our players arriving uh, over the last couple of days as well. Um, so it's, uh, it's great to uh, let them get out there on the golf course and, uh, see what they you know their feedback from it and we had a really special treat for the top 10 guys on the order of merit uh our friends at lexus south point had uh lexus courtesy cars lined up for them with reserved parking here at the edmonton country club and i'll tell you the reaction from the boys were uh they're feeling like they're on the pga tour right now that, that's that, that's awesome stuff, and I want to get to some of the names that maybe people can watch for, or we might expect to be on the leaderboard. But uh, I know one of the big elements for this, and I, I want to emphasize this uh, too, is a couple charities involved this weekend. Absolutely, yes, we have uh, the Casa Foundation, which really focuses on children's mental health, and of course, you can use services, which uh, really helps youth at risk kind of get back on track, whether that's through uh, employment program or getting them back into school. So the net proceeds from all the events um, and activities this week is is really going to benefit those two charities. Awesome stuff. Okay. Uh, The the, the competition starts Thursday. Uh, Can you tell people, because if, if I say it, people won't believe it, why the heck am I involved in something on Saturday? What's going on? This is the best thing ever. So yes, we uh, so we ran a million dollar hole in one qualifiers throughout uh, throughout the city. We had sixteen golf courses participating. We had successful qualifiers from that, and we had a media qualifier. Which Reed, you were awesome. You, you stuck it on the 18th green. Uh, so we're going to have a total of 32 qualifiers that on Saturday on play about five o'clock. Uh, they're going to take their shot for from 175 yards for for a million bucks so uh, we're, we're, we're thrilled to have you as part of that and you know the fans still have a chance to be part of that so thursday friday and saturday uh thursday and friday between eight and four 
they can actually come down, make a $20 donation to our amazing charities. They get two shots at trying to be closest to the pin, and they're going to be part of the, the top 32 that are going to uh, take their shot at a million bucks. All right. Well, the, that'll be fun. Um, I did hit the green with my one shot. I'll, I'll try to get it at least over the ravine this, this Saturday. It's going to be a little more nerve-wracking with uh, way more people people watching, but nothing to lose, right? I don't have a million dollars now, so if I hit it, right. if I miss it, I, 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 where I've always been. Uh, I understand we have two two-time winners on the McKenzie Tour this year that, uh, that maybe are going to be a couple favorites going into this, this weekend. Yeah, you know, it's going to be an interesting uh, race here. I mean, Jake Knapp, he, he won uh, Vancouver and Kelowna, so he, he came off with just a really hot start. And, uh, I mean, he's had a second and third and uh, finish on the last couple of events. So, you know, he's coming in feeling pretty confident. And um, Paul Barjon as well, he won twice. He uh, he won both at Bayview and Osprey Valley. And interesting, uh, we've talked about McCumber. He actually won Osprey and came to Edmonton and won, so they were back-to-back wins. So, you know, maybe there's some luck to that. But a, a cool stat about Paul Barzani is um, he holds the streak for the most ever consecutive under-par rounds on the McKinsey Tour of history, so of 28, which is just a phenomenal number. So, I mean, there's so many incredible guys that uh, could really take it, and uh, it's just a matter of, you know, who's feeling comfortable out here and... Uh, you kind of get the the nuances on the greens because there's some subtleties on the greens. So, I mean, these guys hit it so far that uh, you know getting from tee to green is is going to be easier for them to navigate. And I, I think it's going to come down to the flat stick as to uh, who's got that who's got that working this week. Yeah, we played together in the uh, in the media round about three weeks ago, and the greens were something. I was like, wow, they looks flat. They're not flat, so that's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be fun. And uh, two uh, two Edmonton area guys, Will Bateman, AJ Armstrong, they were in studio on Friday. Keep an eye on those names as well. They're gonna be fun to watch. Okay, here's the big question, Darcy: whether it's an Oilers game, an Eskimos game, a U of A game, or the 1932 by Bateman Open, uh, tickets and parking. <laughs> These are the big questions for a lot of for a lot of fans. Uh, how can they how can they get tickets? Uh, how can they get to the course? Absolutely. Well, tickets you can buy right at the gate. They're they're twenty dollars or seventy five dollars uh, for the week. Kids fourteen and under get in free. Uh, we actually have for the kids. We have free hot dogs. Uh, your company with an adult. Uh, we have mini pot area and a little snake golf. So some fun activities to do on top of um, on top of everything that we have going. Of course, that Saturday night uh, we know that there's going to be a lot of people interested in coming out that night because right after play, of course, is the the million dollar final plus we have a barbecue and dj on site so uh, i think it's going to create for a great atmosphere that evening parking we have set up at the overflow parking at our west edmonton mall which is just located on 90th avenue and 172nd uh, so we have free parking and free shuttles that are just going to be constantly going back and forth between uh, the golf course and uh and west edmonton mall so uh it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we're really looking forward to getting the tournament round started and, and looking forward to some 
some nice weather to draw people out and enjoy the activities out here. All right. Well, it, it's going to be great. Uh, and if people want more, it's the, the website is simple, 1932bybatemanopen.com. It is 1932, like like the year, 1932bybatemanopen.com. Darcy, I'll, I'll obviously see you Saturday for the million-dollar shot, and we'll keep in touch Thursday and Friday. If uh, someone goes out there and shoots the lights out or if there's a good story, definitely want to get them on the show. Absolutely. We're looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Right on. That is Darcy Enick checking in tonight, the tournament director for the 1932 by Bateman Open. That is going to be a fun follow here going into the August long weekend. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's 717. My goodness, we still have a lot to get to, including King's Court with Ryan King when we get back. For all the news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Hey, it's time for King's Court with Ryan King, brought to you by Dynasty Builders, designing the custom home of your dreams, available now exclusively in Landrex communities. Court on 630 Chet. I'm your host, Ryan King. Today we're bringing on the show Kenny Stafford. Thanks for coming on. Let's start with your off-season plans. Uh, how was this off-season for you leading up to the 2019 season? Uh, off-season was a little bit different. Uh, I got an internship with uh, Enterprise, a car rental place. So I was able to, you know, that was my first job having outside of football. So uh, just decided to step outside the realm of just training and doing football things. I got into the business world just to see how I would uh, operate in it, and I did fairly well. It was a great experience, and uh, I wouldn't change it for anything. You know, it was it was definitely an eye-opening experience to sh- uh, let me know what I want to do after football. Cool, and um, obviously with you saying this is the first offseason that you've done that uh, training and now working, um, how did training go? Training went well. Uh, got back in the gym around the end of January, like the first, like the middle of January, is to start lifting, getting your body back, just feeling your bumps and bruises and what you need to work on and then uh february 28th i headed out to tampa florida worked out with sj green for a month who i typically work out with him every off season and then from there i went down to boca and worked uh, out with my trainer uh, at xpe tony Villani. cool uh being a seven-year veteran now in the cfl obviously having to make some key adjustments uh, every year uh training in the off season to stay on top of your game uh, is there any kind of key things that you've adjusted uh, this offseason to, to, you know, to come into camp and be the as good a football player as you've been in every year? Uh, man, when you get up in age, you got to start paying attention more to your body. I remember when I was like four or five years in, I could just hop out of the bed, don't stretch, do anything, just go to practice. Now you get to the point, all right, you're starting to stretch, pay attention more to your body, is get more massages. So honestly, it's really just paying attention to your body and knowing 
what you can do and what you can't do. Yeah, I can most definitely agree to that. Uh, mornings these days are a lot tougher to get out of bed, <laughs> a right? Bit, you know, you, uh, you got to warm up. You know, you got to wake up, sit up, hold on, let everything shake out. All right, now I can get out of bed. Like, it's not like I'm just jumping out of bed, rolling out of there. Good old high school days. Um, we have a big saying here in the Eskimos locker room, uh, family is football. Um, with both of us being on the 2015 season, last championship season we had, uh, I have a lot of, can see a lot of similarities between uh, that year and this year. Um, with only being seven games into the season, how close is this locker room and how important is that? Uh, it's very important. Uh, it's very important because not many people will remember uh, what you did for them, but they will remember how you made them feel. So also when you're on the football field and you know your teammates, brother, sister, daughter, son, wife, you know, you you typically want to go that extra mile because you know, you know them outside of football. You know their family and it starts to become a family. You know, we're here four hours a day. Some of us are in here five, six hours a day, which is more time than you're spending with your family when you add it up by the weeks, days, off days, us traveling in the game. So you spend a lot of time with uh, your teammates. So when you start becoming, making the locker room more of a family oriented rather than, you know, you're just my teammate, you're my coworker, you start to set a, a certain bond that, you know, you'll forever, forever, you know, always have. That's cool. Uh, and I totally agree with you. I think this year is going to be a special year with the group of guys we have. Now, you have some football in your family as well. Um, tell the people about that. It's pretty cool. Well, uh, I, have an, uh, I have an uncle. He was in the Hall of Fame in the NFL. You know, he's playing for uh, Chris Carter. You know, he... He's he set the standard for us, and then you know my cousin, his son, is playing over in uh, BC now, Deron Carter, and then it's me here in uh, Edmonton. So football runs deep in our family. You know, it's something that we do, something we pride ourselves on. You know, we're not just football players; we're more than football players. But you know, that's certain things that we do, and uh, it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing to you know being able to rely on someone. And if you do have you know a question or you want to put something the past you have someone you can reach out to cool um edmonton we've adopted you as one of our uh, almost locals now even when you were playing elsewhere you always seem to, to come back to edmonton uh, thankfully it's to the eskimos but also the city of edmonton why have you chosen to uh, post up at edmonton and are you planning to stay here for a while yeah i plan on retiring here i plan on retiring as an eskimo uh 2015 i got traded here and then the fan base was really really skeptical of me uh because Fred Stamps was a household name here, and I have not created that household name yet. And I just told the city to, you know, give me a chance. And the city gave me a chance. They welcomed me with open arms. And ever since I landed, my plane landed here in 2015 for training camp, it's always been love. And I've always felt like this as a home. Like, I thrive in situations where it make me feel like I'm at home and I'm comfortable. And Edmonton has always made me comfortable. The people, the city even the organization so i want to stay here man i want to retire here i got about five to six more years of playing and uh hopefully i'm about to buy a house here soon so this is definitely home for me cool well i look forward to growing old with you kenny and uh you know lots of weekend uh hangout sessions for us uh thanks for coming on the show it's another episode of king's court on 630 chet i will see you next week
Every Tuesday with Ryan King, presented by Dynasty Builders, designing the custom home of your dreams, available now exclusively in Landrex communities. Talking to Kenny Stafford this week, who's having a pretty good season for the Edmonton Eskimos. Ah, I know he had that drop against Montreal, but he's been playing pretty well. Blue Jays up 2-0 on Kansas City. That game is in the bottom of the fourth. We are coming back with a whole bunch more. Alex Poznikoff, one of the uh, greats for the This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Bay Pandas hockey team over the last five seasons. She has an exciting new opportunity. We will catch up with her. Hi, this is Armando Sewell of the MT Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Eskimos in Calgary on Saturday, 3.30 for the countdown to kickoff here on 6.30. Chad, the game will start at 5. Both teams coming in at 4 and 2. The Edmonton Oilers, of course, have a brand-new coaching staff. Well, Glenn Gullitson's back. Everybody else new to the team. They hired Brian Wiseman last week as an assistant coach. He'd been at the University of Michigan as an assistant for seven seasons. Dave Tippett on why Wiseman was the right guy. A real smart coach. He's, uh, he's worked with young players, which I really like. He's, he has a great rapport with young players coming out of college. Uh, and the biggest thing, he was, when he first played for me, he was a high, high skill player. He was the MVP of the International League when I was in Houston. Um, 100 point plus guy every year. It's a little smaller in stature, but really smart with the puck. Really, really high skilled. And he's, brought that part of uh, his game into his coaching and he, he's big on skill development he's um, you know the the skill part of the game and translating skill into into the game as well as you know being a good 200 foot player are all things that he really enjoys teaching and and uh, seeing so he'll he'll happen uh, he'll get a big part of the skill development as well as working with our young players they're uh, he's just going to be a real good fit for us for sure Dave Tippett on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today. The full interview is on the Ched website. Well, I'm pleased to welcome back our next guest to the show. We had her on a few times during a great career with the U of A Pandas uh, hockey team and more exciting opportunities ahead. It is Alex Posnikoff checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Alex, you're on with Reed. Nice to talk to you again. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm doing very well. Uh, thanks for checking in tonight. How's your summer going? You've been pretty busy? Yeah, it's been a busy summer. It's been good. Tried to take a little time off, but uh, kind of back to work now. All right. So five years with uh, the Pandas. What is it, 2017 you won Nationals? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. And got one more year left with them. Oh, you, you have one more year left? Got one more year, yeah. Okay, yep. so you got one more year to go. So uh, four years with the Pandas, my mistake. And uh, obviously, it's and you're you're the reigning player of the year. Have you have you reflected on what that means, or do you do you kind of just expect it of yourself to be great at this point? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I just kind of went into the year a little more relaxed, getting used to the league, and 
it was a really, really good year. We kind of clicked with my line mates, Autumn McDougall and Kennedy Ganser. So, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty fun year, actually. All right. Uh, tell me a little bit. What, what are you studying at school again? I'm in kinesiology. And you'll, you'll be done after this year, probably? Yeah. Okay. Um, now, you have an interesting opportunity coming up this summer. You have been uh, named to the U Sports Women's Hockey All-Stars roster. That was uh, uh, just announced, I guess, uh, a little over a week ago. And you're going to Hockey Canada's summer, summer Showcase in Calgary from August 2nd to 11th. How are you yep. picked for this team? Uh, so what they do is the, the coaches kind of vote around the conference and, and pick players uh, one by one. So that was this is, I think, their fourth year doing it. So... It's, it's a pretty cool opportunity to see kind of display youth sports, the Canadian League, against uh, basically all of the top players in Canada. So it's a pretty pretty spectacular opportunity. Okay, and you're going to be playing like Russia, Japan. I think Canada has two teams in the tournament. Is that right? Yeah, two under-22 teams. I think France is going to be there too as well. So yeah. it'll, be, it'll be an interesting tournament. Okay, so well, this will be pretty cool. Now, have you been practicing already with your teammates? Because obviously, you're throwing together a lot of players from a lot of different programs. Yeah, so when we get there, we do some fitness testing, and then our first practice with with everyone is the day before the game. So that'll be our first time on the ice with all these players across oh, wow. the, the country. Yeah. Okay, and how much have you been been skating the last uh, few weeks? I've been skating a couple times a week, just kind of with. Uh, some other teams and then uh, everyone else kind of does their own thing as well so just kind of hope everyone comes in ready to play okay well this is good stuff uh, alex Poznikov joining <laughs> us on, on inside sports tonight tell me a little bit about just your your experience playing for the university of alberta uh, what what's been the i mean i know you won a national title and you guys have won a lot of games but what what's been the most valuable thing for you so far about being a panda you know what? I think just more so the, the team and the people you play with, they're they're just so so amazing and they kind of push you every day and the coach Howie Draper, he is uh kind of one of a kind when it comes to coaching. So just learned so much from my first year to now into my fifth year. So I have to really thank him and my teammates for the development over the years. All right. And uh, for in terms of the pandas, I, I, you know, you'll be schools not that far away. So how is the team looking this season? Will you have a lot of vets back, or are there going to be a lot of new faces? Yeah, so we actually lost three players last year, so we're going to have quite a big returning roster. And then after this year, and then next year after that, I think we lose around fifteen players. So it's going to be a big turnaround after this next couple of years. Okay. Well, thanks for checking in. This is uh, really cool. So the U Sports Women's Hockey All-Stars, you made the team playing in the uh, Hockey Canada Summer Summer Showcase in Calgary, August 2nd to 11th. So we'll keep an eye on that. Glad things are are going well. Thanks a lot for checking in, Alex. Yeah, thanks for the call. Right on. That is Alex Poznikoff, who uh, she's been on the show before, like I mentioned, one of the greats uh, in the Pandas program, really all time, I would say. Hope I'm not uh, overstating it. Or she's she's she would never tell you that. She's pretty modest, but good chance for her to play some really high level summer hockey. Absolutely. Blue Jays leading Kansas City two nothing. That one is in the top of the fifth. Keeping an eye on the Edmonton prospects as well. I mentioned how big this game is for them tonight against Fort McMurray. They have nine games left. They're a game and a half out of the playoffs, and Fort McMurray right now has that final playoff spot. one nothing for the prospects in the top of the third. They visit Fort Mac again tomorrow. And then 
they are home for seven games to close out the regular season. So they got to win the majority of those. We will check in with FC Edmonton. They have a home match tomorrow night. Jeff Paulus when we get back. Hi, this is Trevor Harris of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chip. Yeah, a lot to follow Eskimos in Calgary on Saturday. I mentioned the Edmonton prospects are on the road, but back home on Thursday at 7 to take on Yorkton, the Edmonton Stingers. Home game on Thursday against Fraser Valley, 7 o'clock at the Expo Centre. And uh, the Stingers have won eight in a row to get up to 12-4 and four in the season. And tomorrow at 7 at Clark Field, FC Edmonton taking on the Halifax Wanderers. Another big game for FC Edmonton in the fall half of their schedule. And their head coach is Jeff Paulus. Jeff, thanks for checking in tonight. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's good to have you on again. Uh, we we've uh, we talked. Well, going into the fall season, I, I had a couple of your players on over the last couple of weeks. Uh, while talking about that, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let me go back to that because I got the players' perspective last week. I want the coaches' perspective on that rain delayed, lightning delayed match because coaches are. It's my experience, Jeff. You guys are quite particular. You like your details, and that can throw a lot of the details of the and 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 some of the planning maybe out out the window. But how as a coach did you deal with that long delay? Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you honestly just have to you have to try your best to to look as normal as possible and, and not look like you're anxious because of course the players are and. You know, it's uh, it's tough on the players because they they build their entire day based around a certain kickoff time, and they eat at a certain time, they'll they'll sleep at a certain time, and you know, so for them, it's uh, it's actually can be quite difficult when it's you know three hours later. So we have to keep them fed. We're lucky we've got you know quite a nice locker room now with a kitchen and whatnot, so we're able to kind of keep the nourishment in them uh, and get and keep their energy up, but. Yeah, it's tough for me. It's just uh, I'm frustrated by it when it happens, but I've got to I've got to put on a brave face and look like it's all normal. So <laughs> that's that's the key. Look look like as a coach, you were expecting this to happen. I knew there was going to lightning and pour rain for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, on on the weekend, you had a one one draw, and uh, this one was pretty dramatic, was it not? Both goals coming late in the match. Yeah, it was. It was, you know, and it's uh, it's a disappointing draw for us because we've we've been a quite a good side on the day, and um, we were up against a heavy wind, heavy rain in the first half, and of course, second half, knowing our luck on our own field, it, it slowed down a bit, and conditions improved. But second half, we were good, you know, and um, they they've scored on a mistake, a rare mistake uh, in our back end, and um, but then we've come right back down and responded with Eastern Girls' first goal as a professional. So, uh, you know, it's good. It's good to get it. It's, it's nice. You feel great when you score the late one, but we feel it's two points lost and we're chasing this team in the standings. So, it's, uh, you know, it's a difficult uh, draw for us. So, a win, a loss, and uh, two draws in, in the fall session. Halifax uh, is struggling so far in the fall. They have a win and four losses. Give me a mm-hmm. sense of what they bring to Clark tomorrow. I think they bring a bit of desperation. You know, they're, uh, they, they've got beat pretty soundly their last game, 6-2. You know, and, um, you know, I've used this a uh, bit of a cliche all day today with a couple of interviews that, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing worse than a, than a wounded animal. They're more dangerous than a wounded animal. And, you know, that's how this team comes in here. And, of course, they've got Stephen Hart, you know, one of the top managers in the game in Canada. Um, he won't accept that, and he'll expect better from his players, and, and they'll want to come out and prove that they're better than that result. So... So it's uh, it's definitely it's a tired team for sure. They they've had a horrendous schedule, 
with the Canadian Championship games being played in midweek, and they've been traveling one side of the country to the other, not easy to get out of Halifax. So, so they've had a horrendous schedule. But you know, for our boys, we have to we have to make sure they've. You know, I, I tell them, don't look at don't look at the scoreboards. You know, don't look at results, past results, because you know this team has a lot to prove coming in here, and um, and we've not done enough yet to, you know, that uh, we deserve three points just by showing up. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be. It, it's one of those. Uh, you know, it's like a banana peel game for us. Honestly, it, it's a. You know, they come in here with a big loss. Everyone expects us to win it, and um, you know, but but they'll play with a bit more emotion, I imagine. You know, because they don't they don't want us to repeat of that. So this could be one that you slip on if you're not uh, careful. I love that you call it that because one of the cliches I hate in sports, and I've actually made fun of this term on air, is trap game. So I, now oh, I can right. call it a banana peel game. That's exactly that's there. You more, go. That's better. That is much. That, that is much more uh, interesting. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, you guys are in the midst of some home games here, aren't you? Yeah, we are. We've had a nice run here of four games at, at home. So, you know, obviously we've dropped four points of, of the available six, the first two. So, so getting two wins in a row here is vital for us if we want to stay in the fight. You know, to win the fall the fall title and. Yeah, we, we this game and then of course the next one against Pacific in, in ten days time. These are vital to our chances to uh, be successful. Have you guys had a game, a home match where it didn't rain? Yeah, I don't recall one. Honestly, <laughs> oh, I, I I've, I've been at the club since January 2012, and and I don't recall. I mean, we we get very few nice days. It seems it's almost like the curse of Clark. You know, it's uh, it'll be nice all week, and we get a home game, and and then uh, you know the skies open and the the winds come up, and it's crazy. Yeah, I, I've I've felt for you guys with with the weather because because like you said, you, I mean the players are maybe thinking it's going to be one way or they're going to do this this and this and then they got to try to do that that and that because of because of the wind and, and the rain for sure. How are you yeah. feeling about the, the the first season of the CPL overall? I mean, I know this is a big step for Canada and uh, we're trying to develop players and and develop mm-hmm. the national team. Uh, you know, just as it sort of has it. Do you think it's doing what you wanted? Is this the first step mm-hmm. on maybe a long journey? I'm curious your perspective there. Yeah, you know what? Um, I think it's exceeding expectations, you know, certainly for me. And, um, you know, I've come in here with my NASL, NASL experience and seen the, the game played at that level in North America. And I wasn't sure we'd be at that level right off the bat. But, you know, coming out and seeing Calvary, unfortunately, our biggest rival. Um, but, uh, you know, we've watched them come out and they beat the Whitecaps in, mm-hmm. in two games. And uh, they'll advance in the Canadian Championship. So, you know, and this is uh, this is our league three months in and we're beating MLS sides. And the other two teams are very competitive. Of course, Halifax, you know, had the game in their hand. They were up 2-0 against Ottawa Fury in the USL. And that one kind of slipped away second half. And really, York was the better team over two games versus Montreal Impact. And uh, again, just really unfortunate. And they've missed some great chances to go through. So, so I think we're exceeding expectations, you know. And we're also playing, um, you know, at least six Canadians per night are on the field at the start of every game. Um, in the Canadian Championships, you saw a couple teams, you know, our Canadian numbers versus the MLS teams were often, you know, 9-3. to three. You know, Canadians on the pitch for us and right. and three Canadians for them, and, and we're competing in these games. So so I think I think actually we're, we're probably, yeah, doing better than, I, than many people thought we would. Um, the Gates are, are very good in some cities, Halifax, Pacific, you know, they're uh, uh, Hamilton, um, getting fantastic crowds. You know, I think our weather here plays into some of our our, our lack of um, fans in the stands. But but overall, though, it, uh, it's quite encouraging for for such a young league. Um, we're not even midway point yet, really. We just touched the midway point, but it's just a lot of great stuff happening behind the scenes. We'll have a, another team joining the league next year to bring us up to eight. So so I think it's um, yeah, it's it's um, quite positive uh, about it at the moment.
I should just fill people in on the Canadian Championship. This is this is a fascinating tournament because this is all the pro soccer teams in Canada, regardless of your league. And I think there were even some. Um, wasn't there a play-in for kind of? Um, yeah, two um, semi-pro sides. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's two semi-pro sides that got the winner of the um, Ontario League One and the winner of the um, Quebec League uh, yeah. that are both semi-professional. And these players are all working full-time jobs and, and, and earning a small salary to play. So um, yeah, it's just a really good competition. Yeah, just like the FA Cup in England. I mean, it's basically essentially the equivalent of that. It's you know, much smaller scale and. Not the history, but the same idea. But 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 I mean, it used to be there'd be four or five teams in this, and I think you had thirteen in the final draw with the the earlier mm-hmm. stages for those semi-pro teams. So that's and then the semis yeah. are going to be Ottawa and Toronto and Montreal against Calvary. So it's not just the MLS teams that that went deep, which is which is which is pretty cool. All right, thanks nice for a change. Yeah. So seven o'clock tomorrow at Clark. It looks like it's going to be a good day. So I, I hope it's great Knock weather. If people can't get out there, uh, I'll certainly update them. Well, throughout the first half anyway, right here. And inside sports. Jeff, thank Great. you so much for checking in. Have a good one tomorrow. Thanks for having me on. All right. All the best. Take care. That is Jeff Paulus, head coach of FC Edmonton. So tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, 7 o'clock, they're taking on the Halifax Wanderers. Um, I, you know what? I, I've, I've joked about the team names. I love that team name. I, I love that team name, the Halifax Wanderers. I'm not as big on Pacific FC. Mm. Like, where are they? The floating field in the middle of the ocean? It's not practical. It's like they're Bond villains. They... We have a floating... Welcome to my floating headquarters, Mr. Bond. Yeah, both new Canadian leagues this year, both the uh, the soccer and the basketball league, have some really awesome team names. Niagara River Lions? Yes, there Look we go. Out, Jessup, there's a river lion on your fe- heels. Run, Jessup, run. Hamilton Honey Badgers? The Hamilton Honey Badgers. Which is my vote for I think I could name, name all the teams year. in the CEBL. <laughs> we have the Fraser Valley... Oh, I forgot what they're called already. If Stingers are playing them on the week. I think it's the Bandits. Fraser Valley mm. Bandits, Edmonton Stingers, Saskatoon Rattlers. A lot of rattlesnakes in downtown Saskatoon. That's what people don't know. Really? Oh, you're, they're nipping at your heels. You walk through downtown Saskatoon, the Rattlers are nipping at your heels. Okay. Then I'll we got the right uh, Guelph Nighthawks. That's a good name. Hamilton Honey Badgers and Niagara River Lions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. See if I can name the teams in the, the CPL. The Pacific, they're almost all FC. Pacific FC, FC Edmonton, Cavalry FC, Valor mm. FC, uh, the Forge, uh, sorry, the York Nine, Forge FC, and Halifax Wanderers. That's the seven teams. Cool. There you go. Pretty, I'm pretty sure I nailed those. Well, hey, I should know something. We talk mm. about talk about these leagues most of the time. There you uh, go. The four, so the, the York Nine... There's obviously 11 men on the pitch in soccer, but it's it's like the nine counties or something that make up the York oh, region. Okay. That's why they're yeah they don't play with two or less men. I, I was so yeah. cocky that we're just gonna play with two fewer players. That's how good we are. <laughs> Not true. Not true. I, I'm glad to see these leagues going. Obviously, there are a lot of leagues that have come and gone in both those sports. Um, I think the Canadian Premier League. I I I would predict that'll be around a while. The CBL we'll see we'll see how it goes with with the basketball. It's a, I think it's a little bit of a tougher sell in the summer. But they've done a, the Stingers have done a great job at the Expo Center. I was able to go to a game there a few weeks ago. Pretty good atmosphere. The court looks good. They got the big screen. They got some you know some different areas for fans to hang out in. And it's and it's fun basketball. It's end to end. They get running. There's former U of A guys on the team. So if you went and watched the Golden Bears. 
Uh, well, there's a current Golden Bear on the team, Brody Clark, but uh, you know other other ex Bears on the team as well. Jordan Baker's been on the show a couple of times. That that's that's been pretty good. Right. That's been pretty good. So, I mean, I hope they all, all all keep going, but, I mean, it is good entertainment value for sure. All right, you can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. Uh, Jet Solver says, forget the Rattlers. Why am I walking downtown Saskatoon again anyways? <laughs> good point. <laughs> I lived in Saskatoon for five months on my practicum. Right. 20 years ago. It was the summer of 1999. Saskatoon's a nice city. Got a nice river valley. I hear they have a lot of bridges. I don't know how many they have, but they do call it the Bridge City. Well, gotcha. you got to get across. Yeah. They have the South Saskatchewan River. Ah, okay. I'm not a. I'm not very fond of the University of Saskatchewan sports teams, but that's just me. I'm a little mean. Esks fan Glenny texting in. Any word on when Sir Vincent Rogers plays? I think we're looking at probably what's a probably. Hopefully, a September return mm-hmm. for Sir Vincent Rogers. I don't think there's been an update on him lately. He had that triceps tear. Esk's O-lineman has been doing pretty good, though. That's going to be a big addition for them, though, for the playoff stretch drive. Yeah, if he comes back healthy and feeling good, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. 4-0 Toronto leading Kansas City. That one in the bottom of the fifth. The Edmonton prospects still up 1-0 in Fort McMurray. That game is now into the top of the fourth. The Sports Central Mark Spector Golf Classic tomorrow at the Quarry. Uh, Oilers head coach Dave Tippett is going to be there. He was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today. Touched on a variety of topics. Pretty interesting interview. Josh Archibald, Marcus Granlund, two of the Oilers signings this summer. What can they bring to the team? Speed, smarts, and the ability to play against top players, uh, and shut down top players, and the ability to help your penalty kill. And those, those are all factors. It's no secret our goals against has to go down. And penalty killing will be a part of that, and and having some players that can take those roles. I would like to see McDavid and Dreisaitl kill less penalties this year. Not that they're not going to kill at all, but see them kill less. So we need some people that can do that job, and both those guys will be keys in that in that role of the penalty killing. So uh, just just smart players, tenacious players with speed, and uh, and play the game smart. And uh, those are from a coaching standpoint, they're players that you can put on the ice in a lot of different situations. You know, you're going to get the job done. Jared texts in. He says, seriously, for Neil to get punted out of the top six, Cassian and Chase on, and someone else will have to outplay him. Perfect situation for Neil to persevere. Well, here's the thing. The Oilers are getting a guy who, except last year, has always scored in the NHL. I think he's even coming off the year he had in Calgary. Now, this is both a commentary on Neil's consistency prior to last season. So that's in a positive way. It's also a commentary on how thin the Oilers are at scoring depth. But James Neal automatically, sitting here right now, is the Oilers' fourth best threat to score a goal. I mean, behind only McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins. And depending on if you think on... on, I mean, Nugent should get more points, but maybe just in pure goal scoring, maybe even Neal is the third best threat to score a goal after McDavid and Dreisaitl. So... He's, he's, uh, yeah, Jared, he's, he's playing in the top six. He's playing in the top six. Uh, George says, hey, as a University of Saskatchewan Huskies football alumni, I don't like your attitude towards us Huskies. <laughs> hey, they're, they're a rival. They're a rival. A pretty good football program. I wonder if George ever won any, uh, George, did you play for Brian Towers? Did you win any titles? 
Canada West, uh, how many Vanniers did they win with Taurus? I want to say one or two. They were there a lot. Very good program. Well, we're done. Oh, it's Leopard. They were very good last night. Kellen, thank you. Kellen Kennedy, studio producer. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Thanks, all of you, for listening. Always fun. Tomorrow, well, more fun. And I'll be golfing in the uh, Mark Spector Golf Classic. I'll let you know how that went. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you for tuning in. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.